So this is Grey's Anatomy after show for 17 times 3 and 4. So first episode, Mara gets diagnosed with coronavirus. She afraid to go into sleep because she don't know if she'll wake back up. We have Teddy and Luca doing her everything. She designates Richard as her um, default person for primary care because she can't give it to any of her. She can't give it to any of her sisters. Maggie can't handle it, and Amelia's too indecisive, and she doesn't want to put the burden on them. They already been through enough with their family, feeling responsible for their deaths. So no. And we finally see Derek this episode. He all across the sun being like, Derek, I miss you. And my boy response is, I know. Like, I can't. Like, I can't. They're so cute. And apparently she can't reach them all flipping episode as she tries to run across this metaphorical sun because the sun is not real. That's, she just can't reach it. Be like, you're not ready to come to me yet. So you're thinking of the kids. Which is good, but I kind of miss you too. They talking over long distances. She's still trying to run them, falling on her face. <laughs> Tearing it out, Derek and I cracking up on each other. A hug going in and out of sleep. Having the mammograms and the MRIs and all the tests that they putting her through. Oh, it's a doozy. Everyone's coming to her room saying you get through this. We're all here for you. We all love you. It's very... The sisters are kind of spiraling about the fact that she was, you know, diagnosed with corona. They might lose their sister. Everyone's kind of in a de- depression downfall. Uh, what else? There wasn't very much that happened in 1703 for some strange reason. Is that coming to mind? What exactly happened and what I missed? Ugh, so let's go into 1704. Anything that I remember a lot of the way is just extra. So, the Joe and Avery situation, it was awkward as AF. Awkward. They tried it, it didn't work. And now they're trying to be friends. They're trying to start over from point A to point B. So they're trying to be all happy-go-lucky and smiles. We'll see. Let's see. We have... Oh. Amelia alone with the kids. She's not happy about the whole mare thing. Because they're mi- she's missing her kids' milestone. I mean, Mary even said that the kids will be okay because I've been okay with all the people that have died around me. But she's saying, you're sad for a time, it's awful, and then you eventually get back up and get over it. But different deaths hit you different ways with how George says it. Depending on the person, they can either get over the death or they can't. She says that her mom... His mom can't get over his death. Still can't. See, he even haunts her sometimes so she can get over it, kind of shake her out of it. I was like, I still can. George is a mess. 
God, I'm in Mayor Crackaboodle, Dick Vito. Oh, George, I got with you. I was so happy when I saw him. I hope you see Lexi next. It was so nice. Maybe next week will be like a sister's episode. Sisters at the hospital and Amelia over the phone. And Sister Lexi and her mind. And I like how uh, Mayor was in and out of her until she could have still hear what was going on and they were there with her on the beach as she was talking to George with Richard and and Bailey just sitting right next to her and then she even asked Hoppy's question why do you look so much older I mean like Mayor the sand isn't real me looking older isn't real either you're just more happier seeing me this way I mean last time you saw me you could barely recognize me so it's understandable And then, you know, they try to do the dying pros and cons situation for Richard and this new trial that they want to get Mare a part of. I mean, like, everyone's kind of dropping, like, flies in the trial, so I don't really know if it's a good or bad thing. But I guess, like I said, it's between the choice of doing this or doing nothing. They wanted to ask Mare what she thought, but she can't really get up. She's sleeping in 24-hour intervals now instead of just every few hours, like episode three. She's not fading in and fading out. So what to do? All right, let's see. And then we have Grassic. He gets a positive COVID test. He feels fine. And me and he even asks for a request of, what do you call it? He asked for a request of you-know-who. Hmm? He asked for another COVID test to make sure that he actually was positive. Because he thinks it was false positive. Because he feels absolutely fine. That's what he says. So they try. An intern, you know, Mayor's intern, the one that's basically in love with her, goes to his house and tries to, you know the test again and then he says I don't allow interns in my house I'm sorry you give me the test I take it and then you take it back they did it it was not a false positive and apparently him and the intern was bonding for a second over zombie games and the fact that he looked like he was an evil villain even evil villain trying to take over the damn world with his covoid program talking about a covoid program and it's kind of looked like my wife's trying to take over the world with all this with if people actually did social distancing if people actually wore a mask this is how the breakout would actually look but like we said we as people we as human beings we don't listen or do what we're supposed to do in any situation really so this is how we're here Oh, that looked hella depressing. I mean, her, him and Helm was very cute for half a second. And then he looked like he was getting real depressing, and that's when she went to get Ullman for some help. But then Ullman was on Gray's service, and then she was like, well, Dr. Gray is kind of my entire world, so I'm just going to forget the fact that I told you that he needs a friend right now. Ullman goes to his house, 
drops off. Soup tries to talk to him through the door, and apparently my boy just at the door listening to the little thing. I don't know if he couldn't move or he didn't want to move, but he looked terrible. It looked like Cool Boy finally hit him. And next episode, he getting ruled in. I mean, as awful as Thomas B, he saved a lot of lives and a lot of our main characters' lives as well. So, they'll try their best for him. His attitude may suck, but his personality, I mean, well, his his personality is good for us. Because he saves our asses more times than we can count. What else? I mean, he's like the guy that everyone loves loves to hate. They don't want him to go anywhere either. You know, he has a heart of gold when he actually lets it show. Maggie is very cute with her boo thing all episode. And, you know, they have a little family dinner type situation with Guami and Daddy, but... He was not a fan of his daddy. Apparently, he kind of left and left his mother with bills and all these kind of things. And he's just not in the frame of mind to, how you say, be civil about it. So he kind of left Maggie in the chat with his family on the first night of their introduction and be like, I can't deal with you right now. You want to be civil? The only way I can be civil is if I'm here. I gone. My boy gone. Leave Maggie right down to lurch. My boy like, well... How's the food? I was like, oh lord, girl, you best sign out too. And you know, Maggie, she probably was there for a good 30 minutes before she left. Being all polite and nonsense, but anyway. He took him a while and then he came back and explained the situation. She didn't feel too peeved about it because she kind of did the same thing on, her, on their first date with their extenuating circumstances, so that was fine there. I like their video romance like they talk about food family love past future it's very nice whenever they call like a little bit of levity to this awful situation they also cheer each other up in these awful times that we are in let's see so Avery and Joe again so they try to be friends. That didn't work. I mean, it worked for like a half a second when they were at each other's house. They were sleeping over, eating chips, discussing, talking, having fun. And then, boom, the morning next, my joke on him. I was like, you know what? Come here. I ready for this now. And then she described it as like, that wasn't a bridge. That was like a, whoo, a roller coaster. I was like, girl, I don't know why you're describing it like this, but okay, we understand you are satisfied. Like I said, well, I mean, it was so, and then they were talking about how this is never going to happen. And then they do the thing that, well, if we don't leave right now, that doesn't mean that it's happening again. This is just a continuation of what's already happened. Like, that's some crap. People said that a lot. Is there once that's it yeah, once and once one time with Regina and Robin? But yes, I was like, I can't. Y'all some mess. Y'all some mess. Hmm. They were very cute. They'll be. I think they'll be a very cute couple sooner or later. I don't know when it'll happen, but I think it'll happen sooner or later. 
It'll be very interesting to watch how this friendship slash booty call slash baby something will turn out. And it's not Jackson's fault this time around. Because he did say he needs some space and friends. He did not initiate it, so I give my boy props. Very good. So, the theory that's been going around lately is that all white people are inherently racist, and it seems to be coming to fruition. Even the people that you love, like in my other show, All Rise, my girl, my girl best friend is a white person, and she would never believe that he was racist, but when she got arrested, a superior court judge got arrested. She tried to prove her identity, but the police didn't believe her, and instead of her friend asking her what's going on, he asked her, he asked her friend, what did you do? And it kind of just made some disrespect, and some, honestly, it just made her feel a type of way about the entire thing. Which was how this went down with Hunt. Unfortunately for Hunt, dun dun dun, Boyle, this ain't the tank for you. I can't with Hunt. I mean, like, it's unfortunate, but most white people aren't racist, but they don't know enough about any other culture besides their own to not be unconsciously racist. It's a theory I heard. So with Hunt, he didn't know enough about Asian people and their diseases and what they're more likely to have, and because of his bias or his unconscious racism, he misdiagnosed a patient and possibly and almost killed him. I can't remember if the patient died or not. It is unnecessary. I mean, like the um, the Asian doctors. Wanted to confront Hunt about it. He even talked about, even talked about it with Nico, and Nico was like, "I mean, we had it earlier in the episode when that, when the uh, bigger intern was outside and he was asking that I don't want to see any Chinese doctors." And they're saying, "Okay, how about we go down the road to the left and go to an entirely different hospital and get treated there?" I love that reaction. That was on point. And then another person came in today, wanted to see Nico, and then he was like, then she asked him, where are you from? I was like, where am I fucking from, bitch? And you coming here for my services? You can go to some other hospital then. I wanted my boy to come up in there and give it the exact same amount of it. As Nico is very professional, he was like, it's fine. And then he said, I'm from orthopedics, I'll get you another doctor to look at this. I was like, Really? You dying and ask your first thought? What? You think they in the hospital trying to plan the extinction or something? And like, come on, people. I'm pretty sure there are plenty of diseases that y'all white people started all by yourselves. You don't see us colored people all up on y'all cases when we go with doctors and nonsense, do you? And honestly. Ridiculous. Anyway. So... The intern and Nico talk, and then she was like, I need to talk to Dr. Hunt about this so this doesn't happen again. This needs to be aware of. He needs to understand what he did so this doesn't happen again. This person did not need to end up like this. So, before she's about to do it, Nico goes in and he does it himself. Why? Because you could have just wrecked your career by doing that. Ah. <sighs> 
I mean, Hunt did uh, tuck it in. He didn't say anything back. And then he went to Bailey, which is kind of... I mean, it's it's good, but it's weird and bad at the same time because he kind of went to his, res- his resident colored person and asked him about the situation and see if... Um, like, you go up to a black person who's your friend and be like, am I racist? Or, like, when people who say... You're not racist because you're a black friend. Be like, get off my face with that nonsense. That is not an actual thing. You could be a part of a black family and be racist. I mean, like, come on. Anyway. I mean, that always bugs me when people say, I have black friends. I have Asian friends. I have etc. friends. I'm like, sorry, no, sorry, no. That doesn't actually that doesn't actually save you or exempt you from anything. That just means that you're supposed to be more aware, which means you're supposed to be held to a higher standard, which means your comments are actually worse. <sighs> so Bailey tells him that he needs to fix his bias, he needs to fix the protocols to go along with those bias, he needs to change, he needs to learn, he needs to revamp and start over. This is the hospital that does no harm to their patients. You see a problem, you can fix it. You're the head of cardio. Or was it the head of the ER? Either which way, you're still a chief, which means you have the ability and the power to fix it. Then we have the Lincoln Amelia. Amelia was very depressive. Episode before about the whole Meredith thing and wanting to talk to her and Meredith wasn't like into talking to us. This is about this entire situation. She talked to her kids though. They were very cute and over the phone. She was catching up on their lives. It was very nice. She went out to talk with Hanu McSteamy. He was outside the window telling her that she'll be fine. You just need to fight. Everything will be good. Your kids will be fine. We're all here rooting for you. And then, so Amelia is kind of very depressive right now. She's trying to share her feelings with Link, but, you know, misery love company. But Link is not about it because he's been through the depressive thing. He's been about going downhill and doing the very worst that your head's thinking about. Just going over and over situations, just getting worse and worse. I mean, it's suffocating. He went through it with his cancer, with his parents' divorce, and then when he went through depression, this all happened when he was little, so he knows very well how awful and how dark and deep the hole your mind goes in when it comes to very these situations. So, he figured out a compromise. One time he went to camp, and cancer camp, and he met this guy who only thought of the bright side of things, only thought of his good luck, only thought of what good that could happen didn't talk about cancer treatments nothing of the kind he just talked about everything good in his life and everything good that could happen and will happen in his life and apparently that stuck with Link along with music and talking positively that's how he deals with stress he can't go down that dark deep hole with Amelia so he says that you can express yourself tell me all the awful and terrible things that you're thinking but I can't join in I'll tell you all the positive and great things about it as a contrast it'll keep me um, how you say realistic and 
it'll keep you from going down a dark hole. Because Amelia was saying that she if um, um the, they were kind of doing the same thing to each other. Amelia was talking so depressively, it was kind of bogging down Link's um, positivity and vice versa with Link talking positively it was kind of bogging down Amelia's depression because she was like I need to talk about these things these depressive things because if I don't talk about these things you will not like the person that I become and Link says the exact same thing so it was very enlightening really so that's what happened with that so Link and Amelia they go into a common ground when Link tells her about his past and why she can't join in with her depressive thinking and Mila accepts it and they just do exactly what each other thinks. Sal, do the bad, you do the good. We're a great team, aren't we? I like how Maggie and Boo look like they was about, they was about to watch porn movies at the end. Or maybe something called Coming to America. Alright. And then Richard finally makes a choice to put Meredith in the trial. Because like DeLuca said, it's a choice between doing something and doing nothing. And then when Meredith came out of her coma for a couple of seconds and said George's name, apparently that kind of just sent my boy down the right path. Or hopefully the right path. <sighs> I like the whole conversation that Meredith had with George. It was very enlightening they were talking about their lives they were talking about who was gonna miss them how they were doing so far um they talked about his funeral and how they all laughed at his funeral <laughs> and he said how he liked that um he talked about all the good things about when he was alive and what's been happening since she's alive and how he was there and he saw everything <sighs> And then she's talking, and then they're talking about if she's ready to cross over, because she was like, you may be ready to go, but it's very possible that the people you're leaving behind aren't ready to not have you. <laughs> it seems like that maybe your kids will get over it, or maybe they won't. Maybe your friends and family will get over it, or maybe they won't. Some people can get over grief, some people can't. It's unfortunate, but that's just the way it goes. The cookie crumbles. And they've had a nice talk with Richard and Miranda on either side of them. Talking about the past and the future and catching up with each other. It's very sweet. I like how my god was in the lifeguard. Um, in the lifeguard um, house. It was, it was very, yes, George. My 007. It's very sweet. So, next episode, Tom's gonna get wheeled in because, you know, everyone's gonna participate in his treatment because they've, he's saved a lot of their lives. As awful as he is. And he's not awful awful. He's just like regular awful. Like the person who is just like is being combative all the time. But you just like they combative. So like I said, he's the person you love to hate. You don't want them to go anywhere. Because you slightly love them a little bit. Don't tell them that. What else? Next person that's coming up. I hope it's going to be Lexi. Lexi from Supergirl. 
I'm still mad about the fact that this is the last season of Supergirl, but whatever. I hope we get a Lena and Kara scene, because we didn't get it in Crisis. We didn't get it gave us an alternate universe situation. Ugh! Supercorp. Anyway, I got an off back. What else? Um... Oh, I want Bailey to be able to see Ben more. Seems like he's gonna see her more when he comes into the hospital. They'll finally get to hug, I guess, since they're really next to each other. Hopefully, anyway. Maybe they'll get to be with each other for a couple hours. I hope so. It's the time she'll really need her husband. She has, she has a work husband, but I think she wants her husband husband. What else? Hmm. I wonder when Maggie's boo could finally get be in Pison. Like, I wonder when they can end Corona. They can end it when it officially ends in real life. When they can end it when they decide to. What's gonna happen to Joe and Avery? That little sex friends escapades and their nonsense of being the same happen again. Yeah, right. Anyway, thank you all for listening. This is the Grey's Anatomy after show for season 17, episode 3 and 4. Thank you. Follow me at the Queen of Regal on Twitter and Tanisha Fujiyashi on Instagram and Facebook. Bye!